Well, Crave, welcome back. We're in week two of our series, Wipeouts. Uh, a couple weeks back, we talked about our pace and not getting caught up in the rat race of the world and running ourselves to exhaustion. Uh, and I gave you four practical steps back in week one. You might remember them as prioritizing Jesus, unplugging from online, setting a Sabbath, and just saying no. And I hope that in the last couple of weeks you've had a chance to implement some of those and reap some of the benefits of stepping away and stepping back from some of the busyness in our life. Uh, our theme verse, just to remind you, for this series is Lamentations 3, 22, and 23. We'll put that on the screen for you. I think these verses are worth looking at every week. It says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. No matter how badly you've messed up or wiped out, every day is a chance to start over. Every day Jesus stands ready to forgive. And I hope that these verses can be life-giving for you. I find them very comforting. Now sometimes uh, we just wipe out because we're, we're not focused um, that's really what we're talking about tonight is our focus. If last week was, was pace, this week is focus. Uh, and, and in a very practical, real-world example, let's talk for a moment about distracted driving. Uh, we've got an image we'll put up on the screen for you. Uh, I find this image a little bit humorous just because of the expression of the man uh, in the image. I think it's coming. Uh, anybody just want to right now admit in a safe place that you're sometimes a distracted driver? Okay, yeah. Most of the time... It's a, uh, nope, that's, that's not the slide, but that's okay. Nope, still not. We're looking for a picture, but if you don't have it, that's okay. We can go back to our title slide. Um, technical stuff is fun. Um, looking at your phone while you're driving, it's, it's a thing that happens. Nope, that's the next image. We're all over the place. Hey, there it is. You can see this man texting. He says, hey, what's up? As the man in front of him is making a real fun face as he's about to be struck by a motor vehicle um, at a stop sign, no less. Uh, so that's fun. But 1.6 million accidents every year just from being on your phone. 1.6 million. So your parents might like really appreciate me saying this to you, teenagers. Stop being on your phone while you're driving, okay? Like just, oh wow, Mr. Gary's clapping it up back there. I love it. Um, and I, like I say this to you because I, I'm just as guilty, but here's what I'll say. I, I'm just looking at it at the stoplight, you know, and then you get honked at by people. And then anyway, uh, we're distracted. We're not paying attention. Our eyes are in the wrong place. That 1.6 million just from looking at your phone is about a quarter of all accidents that take place every year in the United States. So we're distracted. Our focus is not where it needs to be. Now, my next example, we can go to that other image of the magician and his assistant. Anybody ever been to a magic show or seen an illusionist in person? Did you just try to figure out how they were doing what they were doing? I got into a bit of a rabbit hole this week. Uh, I was going to try to find a video for you, and I just wound up watching like over an hour worth of magic tricks online. It was very productive. But uh, you probably know this if you know anything about magic shows, but the, the lovely assistant is purely there as a distraction, right? Like they're, they're there to assist with the trick, but mostly they want to get you looking over here while the magic, quote unquote, is happening over here. They're there to divert and distract from what's really taking place. They want to get your focus split, not have you looking in the right direction. 
And I think life is full of things like that. They, they want to get you over here, and you have to pay attention to this, and look at this, look at this, look at this, but what really matters is actually over here. So I just want to ask you tonight to consider where is your focus? Because if you're focused on the wrong things, I do think you may in fact be heading for a wipeout in your life. Now, sometimes the things we're focused on are blatantly sinful, like they're wrong. The Bible is very clear. There's no gray area. We don't have to wonder, is this right or wrong? Sometimes we're just, we're locked up in sin. And that's not good. That's not right. And I would say to all of us in this place, repent, turn back to Jesus. If you are struggling in sin right now, turn that over to God tonight. Like there's nothing to stop you from doing so tonight. But other times we get pulled into things and, and they're not inherently sinful or bad themselves, but what happens is we elevate them outside of where they should be. We, we put them in a position where we do worship them, and that is called an idol. Now, we tend to think of idols as something in the Old Testament, like these totem poles that people would bow down and worship, but an idol, and, and this is your first fill-in tonight, we'll put this on the screen for you, an idol is anything more important to you than God. An idol is anything more important to you than God. That's not even my definition. That's Tim Keller's definition, a pastor far smarter than I am. So if you elevate something and you focus on something so much that it takes priority and precedent in your life over God, then that is an idol. Now I want to look to kind of flesh this out a little bit at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We'll put them on the screen for you, but these are great verses for what we're talking about tonight. The writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Again, we're talking tonight about our focus. We want to keep our eyes on Jesus. We want to run the race that God has set before us, not the race that the world tries to trick us into. But what he says here is that we have to take off every weight, anything that might slow us down, especially the sin that so easily entangles. So some of us are caught up in sin. I've already said that tonight. And that needs to go. But don't miss that if sometimes it is something inherently simple, sometimes it's not. There could be something in your life that's weighing you down that's not by itself inherently bad. But you're just, you're too focused on it. You're too caught up in it. And it needs to go. And I don't know what that could be for you, what you're hyper-focused on. It could be a sport. It could be a dating relationship. It could be academics. It could be uh, this big dream you have for your future. It could be your social circle. It could be a video game. It could be a lot of things. But whatever you're focused on that's not God, I just want to submit to you, it's not going to save you. It's not the most important thing in your life, or at least it shouldn't be. We want to keep our eyes on Jesus. So turn with me if you have uh, a Bible. If you don't, we've got some in the back if you want to grab one. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 14 tonight. Matthew 14, 28 through 31. As you turn there or scroll there, I'll set up for you the story that we're going to read. Jesus has sent his disciples on. If you remember in week one of this series, we talked about how Jesus would often withdraw. He would spend time alone in the wilderness he would send the disciples on. And so that's what's happened here. And they're out uh, on the sea and Jesus is, is going to show up because there's a storm and it's bad. Now you have to keep in mind that some of these disciples are professional fishermen. They had seen storms before. This one's pretty bad. They were fearing for their lives. 
There's wind, there's waves, it's craziness. And Jesus shows up walking on the water. And we kind of, we just move past that sometimes. Yeah, Jesus walked on the water, I get it. This man is defying physics. He is God. He shows up walking on the water. And that's where we pick it up in verse 28. And we can, we can put this on the screen for you if you don't have it. Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? So Peter joins Jesus in this physics-defying event of walking on water. And as long as he's got his eyes on Jesus, he's fine. Like the application here, it's pretty simple. You see this. I don't even really have to spell it out for you, but I will. He's looking at Jesus. He's moving towards Jesus. Everything's fine. But what the Bible says is he begins to notice the wind and the waves. And they're, they're big and they're tumultuous and it's, it's pretty bad out there. And he begins to lose focus on Jesus. And so he begins to sink. And he cries out and, and Jesus comes and he rescues him. Sometimes we get so caught up in our circumstances that we stop looking at Jesus and I don't know the circumstances in your life. I don't know what you've got going on. But I know this past year and some change has been pretty rough. And it's easy to just get bogged down in that, especially with a 24-hour news cycle that just wants to pump that up more and more and more. And we take our eyes off Jesus. Now, here's some good news. Jesus does not say to Peter, Peter, you stink. You stopped looking at me. Good luck. I hope you can swim. That's, like, that's not his reaction. When Peter cries out for Jesus to help him, he does. He comes and he pulls him up out of the water. But he does take it as a moment to teach him. He says, Peter, why did you doubt? Why do you have so little faith? You got so caught up in your circumstances, you lost sight of me. I don't know what the wind and the waves are for you. But I know even if things are calm right now, you're like, my life's going actually pretty good for once. There's not a storm in my life. There's probably one right around the corner. And when that storm comes, you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You've got to stay focused on him. The wind and the waves are just circumstances. And your second fill-in tonight is Christ is greater than circumstances. Christ is greater than circumstances. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? I'm not saying, suck it up, buttercup. It's just life. It's just circumstances, this too shall pass. I'm not saying that with that attitude, with that, with that demeanor, with that meanness. I'm not saying that your circumstances aren't real or painful. I'm afraid sometimes we can come into church and walk away with this idea that, well, I, I can't feel what I feel and my circumstances, I just have to always put on this face and everything has to be good because Jesus is alive. And I'm saying, yes, Jesus is alive. That is the ultimate good news. And yet, sometimes life is hard. And that's okay. It's okay if sometimes you feel overwhelmed. It's okay if sometimes your circumstances feel like they're going to swallow you up. But when you feel that, I implore you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't let that be your focus. Again, look at this past year. We got so focused on all the negativity around us that it just, you felt that shift within yourself at some point. Early on this past year, early on, David Townsend and I were talking on the phone. 
And he told me, I had to stop watching the news. He said, if anything super important happens, my wife will tell me. But I, I had to just pull back. And I thought, man, that's a really good idea. But I didn't do it at first. And then I got caught up in the circumstances myself. And at some point, I had to stop looking at all of what's going on and start focusing on Jesus. I hope that you'll, I hope that you'll get that. I want to share some scripture with you to this point. John 16, Jesus says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. If you've ever been told nothing bad will happen to you as a Christ follower, you were lied to. Jesus actually says right here, bad things are going to happen, but do take heart. I've overcome and you can too. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these if God is for us? Who can ever be against us? God is for you, not against you. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. And yes, bad things are going to happen. Yes, there will be wind and waves. But Christ is on your side. The Bible says in, in other places that he's with us always. Matthew 28, 20. 1 John 4, 4 says that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Romans 8, 37 says that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Like I could go on and on and on, but for sake of time, I, I hope you'll get it. If you have Jesus, then no circumstance can ultimately overcome you. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean that it's not real. But it does mean that you can focus on Jesus. So again, I just want to ask you, where's your focus? Where is your focus? Now, I want to look at one final passage here. This comes from Luke 10, uh, verses 38 through 42. We'll put it on the screen for you. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm going to summarize what's going on here. Jesus is coming to the home of his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Lazarus, who he would raise from the dead. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is probably saying really cool Jesus things because I imagine that's what he did as Jesus. And she's sitting there just listening, but Martha's over here making dinner. Now, what Martha's doing is not bad, right? If you've ever been invited over for dinner, like somebody has to make dinner. But the problem is, and you can see this in the text, Martha is distracted and she becomes frustrated that Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's doing all the work. And so she comes to Jesus, she's like, tell Mary to come and do what I'm doing. And she's got some brokenness in her heart. And Jesus gently rebukes her and says, listen, you're, you're distracted by these things. And Mary has found what's better. And I'm not going to take it away from her. Now, again, Martha's not doing something evil. She's not out here murdering or selling drugs to children. She's making dinner. But she's allowed dinner to become elevated above Jesus. And she's lost focus. And I just want to ask you to think about what is consuming your focus. What are you so caught up in? Maybe it is something sinful. Repent, turn to Jesus. Maybe it's not something inherently sinful, but you've elevated that idol and, and you're worshiping it. Repent and turn to Jesus. The last thing I want you to think about, and you can write this, ask yourself, is where is my focus? I've asked you this over and over tonight. But if you were to write that question down, then maybe even later tonight or sometime this week, you go into that note section and, and just be honest and say, hey, my focus is on this, my focus is on that, my focus just honestly isn't where it needs to be. I want to invite you to focus on Jesus. I want to invite you to make him the most important thing about your life and see if it doesn't make a difference, even as you go through difficult circumstances. 
There's an old hymn that, that says that we should turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. Then the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. If you have no relationship with Jesus and you're here tonight, I just want to invite you to pray and ask God to reveal himself to you. If you do have a relationship with God, but if you're honest, you realize your focus has been on a lot of other things. I just invite you to pray and ask God to help you focus on him. The band's going to sing, and hey, if you want to stand, if you want to sing, that's great. But if you just want to sit and pray and reflect and meditate and talk with God, that's what this time is ultimately for. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you call us into relationship with you, that you desire to know us, that we can focus on you because you focused on us. You gave your life that we may have eternal, abundant life. Would you help us to set our eyes on you to stop getting so caught up and consumed in our circumstances, but to put you first. Would you help us to run with endurance the race that you have set before us by keeping our eyes on you. We love you. Thank you for loving us. God, help us to love you more. It's in Christ's name we pray.